0: Hey there, Mercy Talk family. Rachel here. We hope you are enjoying the end. Is it okay to say the end? (laughs) Sad to say the end of your summer. It's still warm outside though, right? So we can pretend it's not over. Uh, But if you've been with us this summer, then you know we are walking through our best of Mercy Talk episodes. In today's conversation... Is taken from an episode back in August of 2018, and it's part of a larger series on safeguarding yourself and self care. But today we're particularly focusing on preventing compassion fatigue. And no, I did not stutter when I said compassion fatigue, because if you've been there, you know, a helper, caretaker, you know it is so very real. So today, Jen and Mel talk about how to safeguard yourself, but really as a helper, how do I set up those boundaries and how can I do this so I can bless and experience those around me? It's not to shut them down, but also I have needs and how do you admit those needs and ask for help? All of that at the same time, as well as giving yourself grace for each and every season, because each season can look so so if you are at the end of your rope, you're feeling burnout at both ends, this episode is for you. We hope you're encouraged today. This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com.
1: Well, we hope everyone is having a fun and blessed summer so far. If you have been joining us here in Mercy Talk, you know that we've been tackling some mighty large topics so far this summer, which has been a whole lot of fun, some challenge, but we hope that it's also been encouraging to our listeners as well. Um, As always, we just want to encourage you. We don't usually talk about this at the beginning of our series, but we would just want to let folks know if you have any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, mm-hmm. please, please, please always feel welcome to email us at at Um, We are looking forward to the remainder of 2018 and we have a lot of discussion on the docket, I would say, that yeah. has been sent in by listeners. We really do see those emails, we read them, we take those things to account. So if you have any ideas, you let us know. And so today we are going to be chatting through um, a new topic and that is the very important topic of safeguarding yourself, mm-hmm. which even coming in today, I was like, I probably need to hear this for my so this is not just for y'all. This is for us, too, as we're chatting this through. For
2: sure. I mean, we were just talking literally right before we started recording yep. today with our team. For those of you who are listening, it is not just Jen and myself right. in the room. There is a team <laughs> around these podcasts. And we were all just talking about how, man, we've talked about a lot of these things before, but it seems like we probably need to talk about them again, if anything, just for us. Right. Um, and so I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that there are other other people out there who need to hear this, even if they've heard it before. That's right. Because there are a few things that we're going to cover over these next uh, couple of weeks that are some things that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But I know you and I've been convicted like, man, as many times as we've taught this, there are still areas that we get challenged by and that we need to step up in as far as just really Mm -hmm. um, taking care of ourselves. And this is a topic that we discuss at every empower workshop yes we do this is our typically our last session of that workshop because it's just so vitally important that no matter what we're doing no matter what um roles we play in our lives Mm -hmm. that we understand not only the importance of how to safeguard ourselves but how like on a very practical level, how to go about doing that. And I know for me, it's one of my favorite sessions just because I think a lot of times people just need permission. Just like, don't forget, not only is this something you're allowed to do, but it's something that's vitally important to your health as an individual, but also to all the people in your life Mm -hmm. that you are taking care of yourself. And so- we love it because a lot of people leave going, man, I just feel lighter. Lighting. I feel like you yeah. lifted something off my shoulders. And I don't think there's anything greater that mm-hmm. we
1: could hear That's true. at the
2: end of our workshops than that. And so we get excited about it and we're excited to, to do a podcast series on it because we've touched on some of these things, but I don't know that we've ever done a full series yeah. on all of this. So mm-hmm. we're really excited to jump into this. Um, and so I know a lot of what we're going to discuss is kind of geared towards people in helping roles. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can look lots of different ways Um, because a lot of times people who are helpers have just really, you know, they just have like these big old hearts to help people and they will sometimes to the detriment of their own health or their family's health or even just their walk with the Lord, help people just out of that place of like, I just want to give and serve and give and serve, and I need to rescue a million people in the world. And so they will sacrifice themselves, yeah. their families um, in an effort to do that. And so a lot of what we're going to talk about is, um, is as a helper, how do you safeguard yourself? But for those of you listening who are like, well, I don't really have a specific helping role. So Mm -hmm. I guess this doesn't apply to me. Keep listening. (laughs) I would challenge you to consider that, you know, even if your title doesn't suggest that you're a pastor or a minister or a teacher or a mentor, whatever, there are people in your life that you have a helping role, Mm -hmm. um, with whether it's your children or your spouse or your friends. And so I think, more people are helpers, if you will, than even realize that. And so consider those relationships as we talk, but there are going to be a lot of things that we discuss over these next couple of weeks that apply to all people, no matter what kind of role you hold.
1: So so keep listening. And I think too, just even from season to season, how often I need to hear this, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about two years ago when I had a baby, my self-care look different than now that she's almost two. You know what I mean? So I think it's a continual place of reminding ourselves based on the season that we're in. Mm -hmm. Singleness, that might look different than when you get married, as you know, Mel, like things Mm -hmm. change as we continue to move through life. But when this is a centerpiece, it really helps us to be a whole lot healthier. So let's kind of start the conversation with debunking such a fun word, debunk. Let's debunk. I don't know if I've ever heard you say that word. I know. First time here on Mercy Talk, debunking. What is some of the most common myths about taking Mm -hmm. care of ourselves? Because really there can be a lot of things that actually work against this beyond just busyness, beyond those things. There can be some things that we believe about caring for ourselves that are lies, Mm -hmm. but that can really get us stuck. And so I think one of the biggest ones we need to talk about is that if I take care of myself, I'm being selfish. Now, I don't know that we consciously think that, but I know sometimes I can feel that Mm -hmm. way where I may feel like, well, my daughters are wanting time with me or my husband is. It can feel sometimes selfish to tuck away and go, actually, y'all are going to be fine. I'm going to go up to Starbucks for an hour. It can feel like, oh, maybe my priorities are off or it feels selfish. Mm -hmm. But I know for them and for me, when I actually take that time, everything's better. Mommy's much nicer. (laughs) Everything's Mm -hmm. a lot clearer, but it can feel selfish at the beginning. So let's really talk about the truth. The reality is that appropriate safeguards, boundaries and self-care, like I said, really increase our ability to love and care for others. I know the difference of the time that I get time to myself and when I don't. Mm -hmm. And we are really responsible at the end of the day to steward our lives and our time and our hearts and our souls well. And so at the end of the day, it's not anybody else's job to make sure I get off on time to myself. It's my responsibility. And so building those safeguards and self-care into our lives really protects our hearts and our souls, which is, you know, our mind, will, and our emotions so that we can then increase in our ability to really love people Mm -hmm. and serve people and all of those types of things. And so I would even submit that safeguarding ourselves in this way. And we'll talk more and more about practically what that looks like, but it really allows us to have more to give that if I'm taking time to myself and I'm doing self-care in whatever form that may look, it really gives me the resources that I need to be compassionate and caring and merciful and just my best self Mm -hmm. when I take that time. And so, you know, it's kind of like the idea that with compassion, it's like filling a bucket. And if you don't have anything in your own bucket, you're not going to have anything else to pour into other people. You're going to be trying to pour. Or out of a place that's very empty and dry, and that's not going to go well for you or for them. Yeah,
2: well, and I'm I'm just thinking, like you said, it's very easy for us to cognitively understand that, and exactly. I think no one would say no. That doesn't make sense. Like, of course, most people would say, "Oh yeah, I understand that. That makes right. sense." But then when it comes down to the daily grind, <laughs> yeah. the day to day, to say no mm-hmm. to another person or to another person's needs in a moment, that's right. I can feel selfish. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think especially in the church like we're taught like you're here like you know Jesus was a selfless servant so you're yeah. supposed to be a selfless servant. I think the enemy has taken, you know, like he always does, he, he takes what does. is good and what is right and true and twists it and distorts it and makes it communicate to us that oh, I'm just supposed to literally mm-hmm. sacrifice myself and my own health and my own. And what happens in that is that you actually have decreased your ability to love and care for other people. And so there is a line of health in that, that I think sometimes we're all struggling a little bit to find Mm -hmm. in our own lives. But I would say in addition to what you shared, you know, just other important things and benefits of safeguarding yourself is that it helps to prevent the long-term, like, burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, or at, at best, I mean, the compassion fatigue is something yeah. that can hit someone really quickly sure, if they joke. haven't been taking care of yourself. And, and that's a real thing. I mean, I know it's referred to as, um, secondary traumatic stress, but that's a real thing that a lot of people, um, experience, especially people who work with, like, trauma victims mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, is that over the course of time, there is this gradual, lessening of compassion for people. (laughs) Every time we talk about this in workshops, it's so funny to look at people's faces because they're like, oh, that's what I'm feeling right now. that's what that is. That's why I feel like I care about (laughs) anyone anymore. And I share, I always share that like, this is something I 100% Mm -hmm. experienced firsthand where for a whole year, my first year of youth ministry, I just, I had no safeguards boundaries, self-care built in whatsoever. And I just poured every ounce of myself into all these kids, couldn't stop thinking about all of them and their lives and their stories and their problems. I just bore all of it. (laughs) And then after a year, I literally said the words, I don't know what happened to me, but I don't care about anybody anymore. (laughs) Like I just want to go lock myself in my room. (laughs) I'm not cut out for ministry. Apparently I have no heart (laughs) anymore. And so I've really experienced that firsthand. I was like, oh, that's what that was. I didn't hear about the term compassion fatigue until years later. Right. Later, but I realized that's what had happened mm-hmm. because I had no safeguards in my life. So it helps to prevent that. I think it results in greater productivity, honestly, because yeah. when you can take so some time true. to just step back for a minute, like it gives you more focus on what, like, first of all, just your life is all about in the first place, or just the things that you're really trying to accomplish in your life. It just gives you some fresh perspective and mm-hmm. focus. Um, I mean, it 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 really does improve your resistance to disease. I mean, just physically, what self care will do. Um, when I, I was researching some of this not too long ago, I, I read that self care activities activate. I'm going to try to say this right. Your parasympathetic nervous system. (laughs) So your body, when you practice self-care goes into this like restful rejuvenating mode and it actually fortifies your immune system. Now, I don't know a thing about the parasympathetic nervous system, but I do know that, I mean, we've all experienced this. When you are worn out, Mm
1: -hmm. you
2: get sick. Like This always happens. And so um, they really do feed each other. And so it just helps to even boost your own immune system. And really at the end of the day, I think taking care of yourself and building safeguards into your life it enhances your own sense of, of self worth mm-hmm. and your own, you know, just value as a human being. Yeah. And I really think it helps you just to kind of come into your agreement with the Lord that you actually matter. Mm-hmm. As an individual and as a son or daughter of his, you matter. And so it, it's I, I don't know, I just think again, the church sometimes has built up this belief system that, you know, I think many would call like self-denial, but it's it's pushed this place to this very unhealthy point where I don't think the Lord um, designed us to to do those things and to just completely um, disregard our own health um, Mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, spiritually on behalf of other people, because it literally depletes us of the ability to love and serve. It's so true.
1: And really, honestly, if all of that doesn't convince you of what we're talking about, I mean, if you go straight to scripture, how many times, I mean, one example is Matthew 14, where you see Jesus himself. He's out in the crowd. He's healing. He's doing his thing. But then what does he do? He pulls away Mm -hmm. one-on-one time back with the father. And you see him doing that over and over again. He has his public ministry. He's out loving and serving people. And then he pulls away Mm -hmm. and he's off on his own. He's doing that self-care. He's getting back with the father. And it always makes me think about how he says, "You know, I say, and I do nothing apart from the father. The only way he could... could say and do that in his human form is because he was spending time
0: with Father. Mm -hmm.
1: So isn't it the same thing for Mm -hmm. us that we will not carry the heart of God well unless we're having that heart-to-heart connection and time with Him. Mm -hmm. Just like I said earlier, I can tell the difference when I don't have time with Jesus. Not just in family, but in any other area. And I'm grateful for that. I want to see a difference when I spend time with the Lord. Sure, But it's very much that place of going, okay, not only are all these things reasons, but just taking it straight down to what Jesus did. If our job is to look and to act and to interact the way He did, well, get into scripture, mm-hmm. and you see very clearly that this self care in this place of time alone was something he valued and made time for.
2: Yeah, and goodness knows the needs weren't stopping. For no, him. They like, didn't, people just,
1: were just like, come on! I mean, come like like thousands yeah. just following him around. And that he
2: was actually <laughs> uh-huh. in a moment willing to say no to the needs of others to pull away for a minute. Yeah, and and spend that time with the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just.
1: I think we have permission. I know. <laughs> and not only did he model it, but he gives us permission. Yes. And so we really want to spend the next couple of weeks um, talking about two important ways to safeguard yourself. So we're going to ad- in really discuss the importance of healthy boundaries as a helper mm-hmm. and also the importance of self-care. Because mm-hmm. when we're talking about self-care, Safeguarding ourselves that can kind of be like, well, what do you mean? Then that's really what we mean. How do you set boundaries in your life and how do you really do self care? Now, that looks a little different for all of us based on who we are, our unique personalities, what builds back into us. And we'll talk through all of that. Mm -hmm. But we just want to share a couple important reminders and practical encouragements today that we think will be really helpful as you're starting in on this conversation with us and hopefully being really encouraged, but also challenged to put some of this to work. So, one of those is um, that as a helper, it's really important that we remember um, that our role in other people's lives is a shepherd and not a professional therapist. Now, I always have to remind people that if you are a professional therapist, you can be both. Congratulations. (laughs) That's awesome. Not everybody has that level of degree. So really at the end of the day, our job is to be an ambassador of freedom. You know, that source of love, prayer, encouragement, but we are not the savior. I say it all the time. We are not Holy Spirit Junior. Mm -hmm. There is one of those. He does a really great job. And in fact, I do a much better job at who I am and what God calls me to when I partner with him and I don't try to be him. So it's understanding that we are not Jesus that seat is already taken and he is doing a really good job. But the more we partner with him, the more we're going to see just such a cool impact in other people's lives. And it's also going to safeguard us from those places of heartache and frustration, feeling like we're trying to carry more than we're called to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think about, um, how many times I've heard (laughs) specifically, I think when I was working, um, at the church, uh, I don't know different trainings or conferences mm-hmm. I go to, and they would always talk about how um, God has His part, you have your part, and the other person has their part. Right? And just like knowing which is which is really important. So knowing, like, oh, God has a part that I can't. That's Dude. right. <laughs> it's really helpful. Mm-hmm. It's very helpful. But then it's also just as important to understand that the people that you um, are helping or just loving and serving. They have a part too mm-hmm. that you also can't do for them. That's right. And so to understand that the weight of change with the people that you're helping is on the people That's that okay. you're helping. Mm-hmm. It is not on you. I just think if I could have understood that <laughs> <laughs> earlier in my life, oh, my goodness, just the disappointment and the frustration um, that it would have saved me from. Yeah because i really did um i i felt like the other person's choices and decisions was a reflection on me as mm-hmm. a helper or as a youth pastor at that time yeah. you know like i'm i must not be very good at this because that student didn't get it or didn't want it or, you know, and so just understanding that, um, and not letting other people hand you their responsibilities. Oh my goodness. That would have been probably one of the best safeguards I could have built in just that understanding. And everybody knows like you've, I feel like a lot of people have experienced what that false responsibility Mm -hmm. feels like for other people. Um, and you, you know, that anxiety and that fear and that heaviness that can come along with that. And so I just think one of the best things for people to understand, especially how is just to know that the person that you are helping has to decide that's if right. they want change or if they wanna just experience more of the same of what they've always experienced. And so there's a thing that happens between them and God and you are there helping to orchestrate that process as the Lord leads you to, but it is something that's happening between them that's and right. Jesus. And you are there for a specific purpose, but it is not to take their job or the Lord's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's between the two of them. And so I, one of the um, statements that we share at Empower, I think it's like bolded in their manuals. is <laughs> like you cannot want healing and freedom for the other person more than they want it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Or This will absolutely never work. And I can think of story after story after story of students that I worked with that, you know, when you've got a heart to help people and that's what your job is, you're like, okay, I see your life right now and I see how good it could be if you could just go from here to here. and how I just assumed they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even ask for permission. I'm like, of course you want a better life and a fuller life, and you want Jesus. So I would literally just try to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um And so what ended up happening was because they never actually really wanted it or or I sure wanted it for them more than they wanted it for themselves. Um, I would end up either very frustrated at them Mm -hmm. and like start building up like actual bitterness in my heart toward these teenagers. (laughs) 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 Or I would just be really sad and hurt and so discouraged. Like I said, I must be really bad at this if Mm -hmm. I can't get this kid from here to here. Um, And so uh, I can just personally attest to the just so the discouraging effects Mm -hmm. of not understanding that truth. Um,
1: And then on the other side of that, the freedom that comes when you do understand it. And there is such a beauty in really being someone who's not afraid to ask that hard question, like how much do you want this Mm -hmm. and giving them an opportunity not only to assess how much they want freedom, but also giving them space to that it's okay if you don't. And I can think even in, you know, my counseling with different people, they may come in ready to deal with certain things and they do it and it's great and they get like a place of freedom. But as that healing process continues to unfold, I have found quite typically... I would say 99.9% of the time, Jesus has some things on his agenda that maybe they didn't know was on the agenda Mm -hmm. when they first started that healing process. (laughs) They're like, I'm coming in for this. And I'm like, yes, he may have three or four more things. Uh And as those things start to surface, they really are faced with different levels of crossroads. Like, do I want to continue? And am I willing to go into those places? And so sometimes it's not just a black or white, yes, I want it or no, I don't. Maybe I'm like, I'm okay with going there or working through those things, but man, I'm not sure about that. Mm -hmm. So even as a friend, a mentor, a counselor, a helper, whatever, knowing it's okay to continue to assess with other people and doing it from a place of grace, like, Hey, if you're not ready, it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. this is not somehow a reflection of me. And it's not really a reflection of you either. It's just a place of honesty of, are you ready to go there? Mm -hmm. If you are awesome, let's do it. If not, that's okay too. But this ultimately has to be your choice and the freedom that comes for them too. And the freedom that comes for you where you're not getting into False responsibility, and you're not trying to drag them into places mm. of healing, you're just allowing them to have a voice into all of it, yeah, which is just a really, really super cool thing. Well,
2: and I think too, we have to be mindful of like the fruit is in. I mean, you've got to assess not mm-hmm. only what they're saying out of their mouths, That's right? But like, are they acting so you know? I would, have, up? <laughs> I would have students who would say, Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I stopped. I wish I wouldn't do this anymore. Yeah. I really wish. Yes, I do. I want that. I want that. And then every time we got together, they never did the stuff that we so talked true. about them doing mm-hmm. or they'd cancel stuff last minute or they yeah. just wouldn't like, and they weren't making the choices and they weren't doing the things. Yeah. And so even though they would say, cause I mean, most of the time they're like, well, I don't want to disappoint. my right. So I'll be like, yeah, I definitely want I this. <laughs> yeah. But then you have to be able to assess also based off of the choices so that they're true. making and the commitment that they've got. And so mm-hmm. sometimes it's it from that place of like, I know you're communicating to me that you want this, but here's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's so good. So until you're able to do X, Y, and Z and show me that commitment we're not going
1: to be able to move forward in this. Yeah. Um, and I think of, I mean, the thought that comes to mind for me too, is I think of the women that are driving an hour and a half, three hours to come in for sessions or prayer time. And on the flip side of that, it's like so honoring that place because they're willing to do mm-hmm. whatever it takes mm-hmm. and how you then see the Lord honor that too. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's such a cool thing when people really are bought in, but the more that we're able to release them in their choice, whichever choice that is, it frees them up. And then it positions us because you know what? I'd rather know pretty much right away whether or not you're fully in this. So if not, we can both be released and I can move on to work and help someone who really is fully in. And if you change your mind and you come around to it, hey, I'm here, Mm -hmm. I'll be praying for you, I support you, Yep, but I'm not gonna spin my wheels.
2: Yep. Yeah. I think that's important piece. And let's just go ahead and go right back to where we did earlier. Mm-hmm. Jesus did this. Yeah. He, um, I mean, he showed. It. He allowed people to choose. I think the best example of that is, is the rich young ruler.
1: Yep. It's a and great just one. how
2: Jesus was like, okay, here's the boundary line. Here's the expectation. And he let the young man choose. And the young man was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And Jesus was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And (laughs) he went and he let him walk away. And I'm like, most of us would have been like, okay, wait, wait. Okay. Let's, let's talk about this again. Maybe you don't have to give it all away this way. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. And are you sure? And let me tell you more about what it would look like and would try to coerce them and change their mind. But I mean, Jesus literally just let him Mm -hmm. make the choice. And Jesus did not take false responsibility for that choice. He just told him the truth and let the man decide what
1: to do with it. So once again, If you're not convinced by anything,
2: (laughs) just look at what Jesus did. It's It's true.
1: Oh, it's so good. It's such a good but challenging reminder, isn't it? Yes. Because you're right. Like he didn't try to talk the guy into it. Mm. And he went on about his way. Like, Mm -hmm. bless you. Gotta go. I got other things I got to get to.
0: I have
2: experienced so much healing and so much freedom during my time at Mercy. I have to say that it was Holy Spirit. Um, Getting to know Holy Spirit was the best thing that I've ever could have done. Without that connection and without knowing him and getting to know him how I was able to at that time, I would not have been able to get through it. I know that he was there with me, um, that he was working through his staff and even just the atmosphere of the home um, and how they're physically kept every single detail Um, which is allowing me to encounter Holy Spirit in new ways. Mercy Multiplied is a free-of-charge residential program, and we want to help. Please visit mercymultiplied.com today for more information. And remember, there is no problem
1: too big or too small for God. So really, Mel, as we get ready to wrap up today, we always want to make sure, and we say this just about every time, to leave some practical things because it's one thing to talk through this. It's another thing to know, okay, these are some things I can actually do. And so in light of what we've been talking about today, I think one of the big things I love, and I know we talk about this at Empower as well, is to really encourage people to look into a place of coordinated care, Mm -hmm. which also includes referral files, that kind of thing, but really making sure that when you are helping someone, you are working with others to really coordinate solid care for that person. You should never be the only person they have to call Mm -mm. because you're setting yourself up and you're also setting them up because Mm -hmm. you cannot be in a healthy place and be available 24 seven. And so if that is what you are setting up, can we strongly encourage you if that is a part of a current relationship or one you're moving forward into to really step back and go, how do I build in other people for them, but also for me, because honestly, I will say even in the work I've done, there were times that I would have a girl I was working with who would go to another staff member, another person, and that person would have such an important thing to speak Mm -hmm. into their life that I would not have thought of, that was not part of my experience. And I'm telling you, it took them to a whole nother level of healing and freedom and revelation. If I would have been their only go-to person, they would have missed out on that. So see it as a strength, but also acknowledge the way that it really safeguards you and safeguards the other person as well.
2: Mm -hmm. I I was actually just thinking, because we just uh, finished up a workshop not too long ago and I was thinking afterwards, you know, we always say that like you should never be available to other people outside of like your spouse and your kids. Right. There should be no one that you are <laughs> available to 24-7. Right. And I started thinking about that because I'm like, there are some people, maybe some jobs. <laughs> I was just literally trying to think through every job that exists, like, on the planet. And would that one require twenty four seven? And I really started thinking, like, I don't I don't know if there's any nope. job. Somebody can write in and disagree
1: with me. Right. Let us know.
2: That but, but, but <laughs> should be available 24 7. And if you have been told by your employer that you have to be available 24 7, I would pose that maybe you should <laughs> reassess something. Yeah, yeah. Reassess that or come back to them with, like, what if that's not a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just started thinking about it. Like, maybe there's some exceptions to this rule, but I haven't come up with one. No. Even if you are. The leader and the head honcho of whatever it is that you run, you should have other trusted employees in leadership that if you, if and when you're not available, you trust them to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. If you don't have people working under you that you trust to make good decisions. You need to hire new people. Like That's, that yes. should be that should be a situation that you are in, that you have other trusted individuals that can make decisions mm-hmm. within your organization. So I don't know. Yeah, I haven't found an exception to that. Yep. If anybody wants to challenge that, please well, go for it.
1: And we always talk around <laughs> here too, even with writing policies and stuff. Melanie and I will look at each other and like, if we get hit by a bus, yeah. will it continue? Yes, yes, it has to. Like mm-hmm. We hope no one gets hit by a bus. But the reality is like if you are building something only on your two shoulders, okay. that is not a recipe for success for you or anyone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so take that, pray through that if you see that in your life, because it's just not a win.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a good thing to encourage people from here. Um, you know, we've got a couple more weeks that we're going to unpack some of yes. this, but I would encourage you to just take a little bit of time. Mm-hmm pen and paper and just assess where you are with just self-care with safeguarding yourself and some of it may be even a little bit of a heart check yeah I know for me there was something that really kind of liked that I was the only person in so-and-so's life helping it's that was a major heart check mm -hmm. situation for me of like whoa whoa what is this feeding inside of me that has eventually kind of become this idol that like, I need this to sustain my self worth or identity. You know, like I needed to take a major step back when, when I was like, kicking up against some of this self-care stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't, I don't have the ability to do that because of X, Y, and Z. There were some heart places that need yeah, to get, that's good. No. had to get looked at at that point. So I would just encourage you listeners that from here, just to see, just assess how you're doing in these areas. What are mm-hmm. some areas that you might need to grow in? And maybe even if this is an area of struggle for you, ask the Lord to like, start bringing to light some of those things that are yeah. maybe going on at a deeper heart level, root level. Um, that is making this hard for you. Mm-hmm. And let him maybe start doing some work on that. But we're excited about where we're going.
0: We've got a lot more to
2: come. So we hope that you'll join us next week.
0: We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.